0: Hello and welcome to the Pint of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Harry Graham. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Pint of Sport podcast. As you can see by George Thompson's hat there, we are going to be discussing some cricket today and England's recent tour of India. Both new to the channel. Welcome. I'll introduce you first, Amol. I think top left on our screen, Amol Varney. And uh, on the bottom there, you've got George.
1: Welcome. Nice to
0: speak with you, Harry. So, George, I know you've been, uh, obviously, it's been a dream to go on sort of radio, get get your, you know, controversial views out there. So now you've been given a platform. You're looking forward to it.
2: Yes, I've always been wanting to ride well Adrian Durham one day. So it's a so good starting point on the Pint of Sport podcast.
0: And just touching on Pint of Sport there, it's just beautifully timed there from Amal as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, pint you've got with you there, George. You mentioned before we start that it's homemade. Yeah, it's a homemade beer of mine.
2: It's a bit cloudy. It's got a bit of citrusy aftertaste, but it's going down a
0: treat. When you say homemade, did you do it or is it a Paul masterclass? How do you go about it? Oh, I did it. Um, mixed all the ingredients,
2: um, let it brood, let it ferment, leave it a bit. And then out comes the product. And I tell you what, it was worth it.
0: <laughs> Great. So you can be enjoying that whilst we're having a good discussion about the cricket. Obviously, a disappointing tour overall for England. We'll start with the Test Series. Um, Amo, we'll start with you. What what were your general thoughts after the uh, 3-1 test, test Series loss? I
1: have to say, I don't think, don't think it was too surprising. We have got a, a very young Test Team team. Um, We've never traditionally done well in Indian conditions and we had a batting lineup which wasn't proven at all. So, yeah, not, not too surprising.
0: And George, what about you?
2: I'd agree with that. I think we actually performed better than I expected leading into the series. Uh, it was slightly disappointing after starting the series 1-0, winning the first test, that we couldn't kick on and cause a bit of an upset. But I think 3-1 was a fair reflection of the series and was probably what was expected going into it.
0: And what were we like expecting? Obviously, going into it, we had the Tour of Sri Lanka is a completely different kettle of fish going over to India. Um, there were times in the Sri Lanka Tour that, you know, we had the typical England batting collapses and we were sometimes 40-odd for four or whatever. Um, so, you know, you both said there that you weren't expecting big things, but... Um, you know, three one, and, and the manner of the defeats, I don't think really would have gone or re- did go down well, especially back in England.
2: Yeah, well, I think that the batting in those conditions is so heavy, heavily reliant on Joe Root, and when we won in Sri Lanka, the margins weren't especially large, were even though Joe Root was scoring two 200- hundreds every game as they did in the first test against India and to win a series in India you'd need more than one batsman to stand up. There was very few knocks of note apart from in that f- first game. Mm. Um, I think Stokes hit an 18 and he got 15 the last test. Um, Moe Ali blasted a few sixes and um, Dom Sibley started off well um, and didn't score a run after that. But if we can't score any runs against M. Baldinia, we didn't have much of a chance against Ashwin and Axel Patel.
0: So you just mentioned there Dom Sibley as well. And Amal, I'll come to you because obviously for well, for the listeners, he's been a, an opening batsman for the you know vast majority of his cricketing career at the ripe age of 22. Um, do you see um, England's openers... You know the, the two positions there still being quite an issue. We thought we may have solved it with Burns and and Dom Sibley, but he was then dropped for Zach Crawley. Like, are we still undecided of of what our opening pair is?
1: No, I don't, I don't think this tour will cost them their careers. Um, so far, like they've they've done they've done decently well up to date. And like, as as we said at the start, we we weren't expecting too much of them going into this tour, especially against an Indian spin attack where. Who are experienced and where England have always struggled against the past. I think when we go back to a home summer, um, they should hopefully be able to, to kick off where they left off last time and, and get back to scoring some runs.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that there, the home series, you know, because India do come back and tour England in the summer, but we can't keep, you know, saying, oh, we'll get us back home. You know, we'll, we'll be fine there. We've got an Ashes series down under at the end of the year when is it when are we going to start winning test series away from i know we've just won in sri lanka but big test series um we're always you know joe root's coming in at 12 for 2 too often um where where do you start you know first test series uh, test match in ad, um wherever it is in australia what's your opening combination they'll go to you george uh at the minute
2: i'd probably say don sibley has got his front foot ahead of any of the other openers And I'm still undecided as to the second opener spot. If it was to be played tomorrow, I'd probably go with Rory Burns and stick with him. But a lot can happen in the seven test matches we've got planned this summer at home. If he doesn't score runs or if someone comes into counter cricket and scores a hatful, then they've got every chance of getting selected, I think.
0: Does that not prove the point that you said there? I'm still not sure of who that second... Dom Simley... He's glued in there. What well, the, that—that's the point I'm trying to make. You know, you've got you've got two openers there in, in Crawley and and Rory Burns, and we still don't know who it is. Is—is is that really the preparation we want to be going into, especially in the Ashes year?
2: I think we quite compared to other Ashes tours, that seems like the only position in the team that we are uncertain of. Um, the rest of the team is fairly settled. Uh, the makeup of who the third fast bowler could be or the fast bowlers it's something that might change but in general the core group of about six fast bowlers has remained the same um, and so I think that is the one issue that England haven't resolved or looked like resolving Rory Burns has scored a few runs in the past but his form is shocking quite frankly at the minute <laughs>
0: We've got the um, championship starting again soon, haven't we? The um, counter championships. Hopefully we'll have players getting into form there. Um, obviously, as well, just to remind you both, if, if any of you say something that you want to challenge, feel free. It doesn't have to be a structured you know, thing. If you hear something said by Glenn Amor, you know, go in on him. It doesn't have to be nice yeah, and polite. I
1: agree so. with Glenn on the, on the openers, I have to say. I think at the moment it's, it's Sibley and Burns. Um, it's their, their position to lose, but... Hmm. Like, it wouldn't take much for them to lose it, really, if someone if someone good comes knocking on the door. I just can't see who that is at the moment.
0: And obviously, obviously, this year is a big calendar year. We've got the T20 World Cup and the Ashes. So something that was we'd want to just touch on is the rest and rotation policy that we've had going in. Obviously, it was a major part, mainly for the test side to prepare for this T20 series and ODI series in India. Um, where do we sit on it? Obviously, it makes sense because bubble life, we've heard, is tough it's not just a case of resting and rotating on a you know a standard tour to India. This is people who have been like Mo and Ali, played not a lot of cricket, gone to Sri Lanka, um, I believe was in the bubble for quite a lot of the time in the summer and, and is still in there when we were in India. Where where do we sit on it? Is, is it a fair, you know, unfair criticism of the selectors for what they did or is it, you know, we're in India here, this is a massive test series, let's go and win it.
1: I'm um, I think it's difficult. I think, like from the feedback that the players have given, like the selectors have had, they've had to do something to to address problems of mental health and just general strain um, of living without any sort of social contact. So I think they had to do something about whether the policy where they had a, a rigid sort of like, he's going home at this time, he's going home at this time. And if they could have like been more flexible based on what was actually happening. So sort of they knew which players were going to play in the series and like that they would need to rest at some point, but maybe sort of building it around. I know it's, the key point is Moan and Allie. when he was really needed in the test series, he was scheduled to go home and then he came back and, and didn't play. So that's obviously not worked how it was intended to work. And, but I think, yeah, something something had to be done.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. The, the rest and rotation was needed, but the lack of flexibility hindered the team. As... I'm all rightly pointed out with Moe and Ali. And then with Johnny Bairstow, who just regained his position in the test side in Sri Lanka. And probably him and Dan Lawrence look the most assured of our batsmen, apart from Root in Sri Lanka. And then he gets whisked away for two test matches, where he doesn't pick up a bat or play cricket for two weeks, comes back, has to quarantine again. Um a couple of net sessions against Don Besto's full tosses, and then he's back onto playing raising turners against tell and Ravi Ashwin, and he, you're just not giving someone a fair chance there, and it's no surprise that uh, he didn't really hit any form until he'd started playing in the white ball stuff.
0: Mm. I don't know if you saw the quote, but Jeff Jeffrey Boycott came out and said, you know, England just pick up and drop Johnny Besto as they see like, you know, as they see fit. Um, he's obviously still not favoured to have the gloves, since that's clearly between Butler and uh, Ben Folkes at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see how we use Johnny Besto going forward um, Obviously we touched on rest and rotation there and you, funnily enough, just mentioned Don Bess's full tosses um, and obviously we're, we've just been on a tour where spinners usually you know, take control of a, of a test match i.e. Axel, Purcell and Rabbi Ashwin England spinners, Jack Leach and Don Bess they do talk about quite a lot, that he's a young spinner, he's still learning the game I personally don't think he's going to cut it as an international spinner. I just don't think he's good enough. Um, are those two, go, you know, good enough to go and win as an Ashes series?
1: I think um, I think Leach has like come out of this series like more positively than than he started. I think he he did a decent job in both Sri Lanka and India, and he's probably going to be our like number one spinner going forward. I think with with Best, like as you said, I think this is, for the time being his career is probably probably over as an, as an England player, unless he comes much stronger. <laughs>
0: it's over? What do you think of that, Glenn? Is it over? Um,
2: immediate In the immediate future, yes, but if he goes back to counter cricket and works hard and gets the results, then he quite clearly has the talent. In that first Test match, the way he set up Coler and you could see how he was getting him and one bowling straight at him and then bowling a bit wider and he wanted him to push away from his body a bit and he managed to do that and got one that turned and bounced a bit and got him caught at short leg just as he predicted and it takes a very good bowler to get Coley out in that manner Um, but apart from that his consistency with the ball was just majorly lacking and Root couldn't gain control from him at all and in a low-scoring series, that's crucial. Um, so, the route can not pick him at all. I don't see how he can be picked in the near future.
0: And what about, you know, obviously, the main man who's been, well, not past year or so, but certainly over the last four or five years, Mo and Ali, you know, we've touched on him already about the rotation policy. I, I still think he's England's best-off spinner, um, especially better than Bess, they clearly don't fancy him in the Test team, otherwise I think they would have picked him by now. Moorgan seems to like him around the camp. It, it, it's a bit frustrating to see someone with that much talent seem to just waste away in, in a bubble. And can you see him? You know, maybe work, working his way back into the side with a bit of good form if he's playing in the County Championship and he was in the IPL at the moment. But
1: yeah, I, I definitely think he'll be in and around the England team for for at least the next sort of three four years. Um, as a bowler he's I know you said like he seems to be a shame and a waste of talent, but as a bowler he sort of outperformed what I think probably all of us would have thought of him at the start of his career. Hmm. Um he's generally been been quite successful. It's obviously with the bat that he he's always frustrating to watch. But well, exciting and frustrating at the same time. But
0: like yeah, I think they'll definitely
1: be in and out of the team. He's probably lost the number one spinner spot to to Leach at the moment, but I can see him getting it back in the future, especially because of his batting.
0: Mm. Well, I'd just like to take you both back to the 2017 winter. We've just come back with the 4-0 loss of, in Australia. I remember uh, Michael Vaughan, Brett Lee and Geoffrey Boycott all having a discussion and Jimmy Anderson came for an interview and he said, you know, we're going to prepare ourselves better for the next tour. Fast forward four years, do you feel more confident that we can go and get a result in Australia? Or is it more a case of, have we really changed, particularly in the bowling, we've still got Broad and Anderson around. Are we going there with confidence that we can hopefully win an Ashes series?
2: Yes. I think Australia are favourites, but I think we have a stronger side than when we toured Last time, uh, last time it was just immediately following the Stokes and Hales incident outside Bristol, which must have had an effect on the team, and also um, because Stokes is the best all-rounder in the world, um, and so the team lacked a bit of balance and by the fourth and fifth test, we were playing Tom Curran in the test team as part of our bowling attack. There is zero chance of a bowler of his talent playing this time around. Um,
0: Um, A serious thing against the the Curran (laughs) brothers, don't you? Uh,
2: um, And so I don't believe... I think we we do have a chance because I think our batting on those wickets should score runs. Um, and then our bowling. I'm a bit worried about how we're going to get Steve Smith out still. Yes. Uh, but if we can, if he has one bad series or he gets injured, then I think we've got every chance.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm probably not as as optimistic as Glenn thought about the, the Ashes tour down under. I don't. I think he's right in that our bowling attack is much more settled and more well rounded now than it was before. But I think when when you look at our batting lineup, this is still probably for Test cricket quite low quality, and like players are all capable of doing well, but just whether they will under that pressure is, I think, pretty unlikely. But I'd love to be proved wrong.
0: Definitely going to be crowds there as well, so it won't be, uh, you know, a, a quiet Ashes series, which I guess is a good thing. And um, just finally on on the Test series, um, Broad and Anderson, do you think do you expect them both to go? Obviously, they have got a big summer. You know, I wouldn't expect them not to be picked um, in the home series. They always are. If that's fair enough. But especially going into the winter, do you take both? Do you take one? Do you take one as part of a, an experienced group just to help the less experienced bowlers? Where do we? Where do we feel they they will fit in in the England squad?
1: Well, I think I mean Anderson was was exceptional, wasn't he? And I think the the way they they use them in this series will probably be the way they use them going forward. Like they'll. Like just generally, hopefully, much more sparingly than they they have been in the past, and mm. try and manage their fitness so they can prolong their careers because they're they're both world class bowlers, and the longer they can get out of them, the better. Really.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think they both have to go, and I think England will probably target the day-night test like they did against India to get them both in the team. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, we won't have Axar Patel running through us for about <laughs> ten this time. Um, but uh, I think Anderson the way he's bowling at the minute he has to play every game he can basically and then the ones where he won't Broad will fill in and provide that control and then we'll probably have hopefully two quicks from the other end out of Archer, Stone and Wood
0: Yeah, hopefully they can stay fit because certainly Archer and Wood are very questionable with regards to fitness and things like that. OK, so we've discussed the Test Series and enough of the Ashes. Obviously, before that, we've got an even bit, you know, a big event anyway in the in the World T20. Um, what was it a 3-2 loss in the T20 Series against India. I wasn't too, you know, worried about that because you're not going to come up against India five times in the tournament and they're, you know, going to be up there with the favourites. Um, do you think that that team Morgan picked is his strongest team or do you think can you see anyone sort of breaking into that we discussed Alex Hales a few times before this podcast can you see anyone sort of weaseling their way in
1: yeah, I think the the team we started with um, is probably Morgan's first choice team um, and yeah as far as anyone breaking in I mean I'd, I would love to see Hales go, go but I don't think that's very likely to be honest
2: yeah, I think if Morgan can backtrack on his stance on Hales, it would benefit the team.
0: Um, I could, where, where, where did he come in then? Where where would you put him? Number three. <laughs> where, <laughs> would you, would
2: you him, where would you bat him, Amol?
1: No, I'd I'd bet him. I'd bat Roy Burstow hales
0: Yeah, we've both got well, him. Well, you after. dropped Butler down the order.
1: Yeah, I was going to come on to that later. I think I England in real. the middle order... Uh, they're searching for, sort of like, well, firstly they're searching for a right-hander to break up all the the left-handers, as as it, it, it did prove a bit of a problem I think in the India series where it just kept being a little bit samey in the middle. Um, and then the, we're searching for for a kind of finisher role as well. And like, reg- I think Butler, you could you could argue like you're going to get the best out of him at the top of the order, but I think England at the moment need that role, and Butler's clearly the the man to fit. Fin-
2: I'd probably dis- disagree on that one. I'd stick with Butler opening. Well, um,
1: well, we'll come back. We'll
0: just quickly come around that. We'll just stick with the uh, Milan at three uh, debate at the moment. Rob Key mentioned Ben Stokes moving up. obviously, there's Joe Root. We're not even, you know, mentioned in the T20 series. Um, obviously, he was brilliant in the, world, the last T20 World Cup in India. He's sticking with Milan at the moment, Morgan. He is still world number one. And it's it's quite funny that both of you are dropping David Milan, even though he's world number one. Is Does that flatter him? Is he that good? Or has he just hit a good run of form and eventually we'll see that tailing away and someone else coming in?
1: Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be, like unless obviously the Hale situation changes things, but I, I wouldn't be dropping Milan in, in the 1st time choice team. I think he's earned his place there. I think he's, the, the only frustrating part of it is when, when he comes out to bat in the power play. Uh, we lose a, a wicket early on because um, he obviously takes his time at the start of an innings, and and so that that's a frustrating part of it. But when it, when he he comes in sort of over six, seven, eight, it builds a, an innings and goes hard at the end. And that's that's perfect, and that's what you want, really.
0: But I think I think it's I'm trying to explain my thinking behind this. I think Milan's actually good coming in in the power play. I explain why is if he's struggling to say comes in at over six point three overs in. If he obviously the field spreads, I think I think when he comes in in the power play, if you know if he just gets one past the fielder, it's four, and I think that could be a good way for him to. So I don't really have an issue with, with him coming in, in the power play. I get you want that aggressive Roy Butler, but I, I think at the same time it'd be a good way for him to get a quicker start is to come in in the in the power play as well. But if we end up playing on some more tired tracks in
2: the T Twenty World Cup especially with COVID around, they may restrict the venue use um, and some tracks could have to be used over and over again. Then the best time to bat would be early on in the innings um, before the ball gets a bit older and the tracks aren't great. Um, and so then an aggressive start could be vital. And having someone that take uses up 10 balls to get five runs in a power play in the best time to bat might not be a great use of England's resources, especially if at times we've had someone with 10 first-class centuries batting at 11, we can afford to go aggressive and still go aggressive, even if we lose wickets.
0: Is that Rashid? Yeah. I, I just when you, listening, when you were speaking then, I started looking at your floppy heart again. It's quite <laughs> you got it on. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair enough point. Um, so, what, what, sorry, I don't know if you're obviously there's Stokes in the team. What would you do with three? Do you bring in Hales, George, or what would you do? Um, I would bring in Hales at three, but I don't think Morgan to do it. So with the current team, assuming
2: Hales isn't available for selection, I would bring Stokes up to three. Um, I, would, I wouldn't contemplate bringing Root in just purely because it's such a big year in Test cricket. I'd just leave Root to focus on Test cricket even if he's potentially good enough in the T20 team, I'd just leave him to one side and let him concentrate on the Ashes and in the Indies Series in the summer.
0: So, who comes in at six, five, or five or six?
2: I'm a bit undecided as to the makeup of my team, but I'd bring in Liam Livingston. Yeah. Um, and my fifth bowler would be a mixture of Mowing Alley and Ben Stokes. Because um, there's no chance of the Currens getting in, is there? I'm Currens, blend. <laughs> Uh, Sam is a decent T20 cricketer, but he- Moen Ali is a better batsman than him in the format. And he only bowled six overs in the three games against India. And I think that's a role that Moeen Ali could provide. And depending on the batsman and the tracks and the matchups, uh, to better effect.
0: I'm all right. You- Sorry, go on.
2: And if Liam Livingstone comes in, he's more than capable of bowling the odd over as well.
0: Yeah, I think Liam Livingstone did look quite, you know, solid in the ODIs as well. Um, One one man that could maybe come in and has been in last season was uh, Tom Banton. Any of you consider him in in the squad at all?
1: No, I mean, if if you'd have asked me like sort of a year ago or something, I'd have, I thought he was going to play a big role in, in this World Cup, but he seems to be sort of out of the fray at the moment and yeah i think livingston impressed when he came in in the odi so it might be him next knocking on the door there but I, I don't know if yeah at the moment i think england's first choice team is is quite settled mm.
0: well you you mentioned that, uh, previously that you that is england's best team but you wouldn't have that so why why would you change a successful especially for butler from the ipl obviously he did drop down and know in the second half of the ipl i just think
1: i think testos a like a very accomplished, successful T twenty opener. And like he's just better suited as in Butler's much better suited to a middle order role than Burstow is. And I think yeah, you you can say Butler's England's best T twenty player and you should give him the best opportunity possible. But I don't think as it as an opener Burstow is much worse than him. Mm-hmm. Um and I think you'd do a quality job at the top and then we'd have that that role in the middle order of Butler which which would kind of solve our, our issues.
0: Fair. I remember when we dropped Alex Hales and we brought Bairstow in. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong. Is in the in the Champions Trophy we put him up to open the batting. I thought that's not going to work. But the way he's just gone on to become an an, an international opening batsman, especially in ODIs, is you know was quite remarkable. Um, so, you, it'd be you know, I'd have no issue with Bairstow going into open the batting. Understand it'd be more of a team sort of. What, you, sorry, when you're saying you've dropped Butler down, it's more for the team than the individual. Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough, and then and then the bowlers. The one person I have a question mark over for me would be Chris Jordan. I don't think he he's a good fielder, granted, but I don't think he's that effective with the ball. Um, but then I think you know at the moment the other options would be Reese Topley or Tom Curran. But I wouldn't really bring in Tom Curran purely for I'm sure Glenn, the stat man, would would give us his. <laughs> give
2: I, us his I, I do have Tom Curran's career figures actually on my
0: phone. Um, so, for. Amal, do you want to just just, just explain what an, what, what an average is for a bowler so people know?
1: An average for a bowler. So, that's the the number of runs divide, that you concede for each wicket. And, and your strike rate is the number of balls you bowl for each wicket. And your economy rate is the number of runs you concede in every over.
0: And that's what studly, studying law gets you at university. Go on, then, Glenn. What's the uh, average for Tom Curran? <laughs> So in ODIs, he has the fifth
2: worst ever economy rate <laughs> out of any team of all time. Um, the worst is some Irish bowler. Um, there's a Sri Lankan, Stoynis, who is an Australian batsman. Uh, that was surprising. Jade Dernbach, who he models himself on. Um, and then in T20s, he's the third worst ever career economy rate uh, behind a Bangladeshi batsman and... Sisara Pereira a Sri Lankan batsman <laughs> so, um, I'm not convinced that someone with that track record should be someone that England should have their hopes on if they're to win the World Cup
0: so why is he around the squad well, what is it that they see is it, is it the fact he's a young talent or what recommendation from clubs
1: Yeah, I maybe his dad happen, gets on doesn't.
0: with Silverwood I don't know um, <laughs> might have something over him
2: exactly <laughs> Exactly. Maybe it's the stupid run-up he does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, where do we sit? Obviously, I mentioned at the start, we're not going to play India five times in the tournament. Do you think what? What do you rate as our chances going into it? Do you think we're favourites? Do you think it's India? India's to lose, given they're the home side. Obviously, the West Indies normally turn up in a T20 tournament. They bring the big guns over. Um, what, what? What? How much do you rate our chances of winning the, the tournament overall?
1: I'd say we got we got a, a decent chance. I wouldn't I wouldn't say we're favourites. I think that's probably India at home, but but we're definitely one of the top contenders, and wouldn't be surprised at all if we did win.
2: Yeah, I think us India in the West Indies um, are the top T20 sides, and then there's a bit of gap, bit of a gap before the rest. So, um, depending on how we play, and because well, I think India have one of the best talent pools, but the selectors have been known to not always select their best players, which could work in our favour as well.
0: Where have you heard? Have you got inside sources on that? Where have you heard this? No,
2: just in general, the way how they've they've picked and dropped Rishabh Pant. And even at the start of the last series, they had four or five slow accumulators in the top six Um when there's so much young talent in their side, um, it's, it's the equivalent of England playing David Milan, Joe Root, uh, Sam Hayne, all in the same T20 side.
0: Well, it's interesting. You've you definitely got your facts in there, uh, Glenn. Um, obviously, there was, that was a 3 2 loss. Not, as I say, not the end of the world. Good preparation. Um, I would have liked to see Morgan bat first in one of the matches, just because just, you know, you're not always going to be able to bowl first. I think that was something that I was interested to see. But I think, you know, had we wrapped up the series, I think he would have done that, but we didn't. ODI series as well, Not, don't really want to touch on this too much because there's no major event coming up, um, especially this year. Um, what what did we think about that? Obviously, we didn't have our strongest team out. Um, Morgan then got injured for the last two and thought um, Butler did well to take over the captaincy. Um yeah, two-one loss again. Uh, an overall disappointing series because we've lost each of the the obviously the formats of the game. So, what did we think of the ODI series?
1: Yeah, I think well as we touched on earlier, Livingston came in did did a good job, which means it could be someone who's around the squad going forwards. Uh, obviously, Sam Curran's innings in the last last game was was phenomenal, and it's probably going to boost his chances in. Featuring in the T20 World Cup as well, so yeah, there's some good positives to take. But, and as you said, doesn't doesn't really matter too much. We know we're a good one-day side, and yeah, and I'd say it's only
2: really a freak performance that we actually lost the first match. So I won't be too worried about that either because I don't anticipate us collapsing so dramatically. Are you in, sure? In many important games after the start we've been given.
1: Um, I exactly. Mean, shaky performances in the World Cup as well, because our, our batting lineups prone to like going really big or yeah, Saturday.
2: but especially against that bowling and attack that India, had it wasn't a very strong bowling attack. I didn't feel. True. I think that yeah.
0: is one of my worries with regards to the T Twenty. Is that we you know we didn't face Bumrah, so you know that's a big plus for India to come back, and I think they will be quite strong. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he I can't remember did, what was his reason, did he get married or something Just yeah, he, yeah. he got married yeah.
1: he, I don't know if he was injured or anything
0: but... yeah. very kind of the uh, Indian selection board to <laughs> let him go and get married I think oh, that was quite a nice touch um, is there anything else we, we'd want to bring up you know, we didn't really touch on the pitches that were there or is there, is there anything you missed off that you'd like to to mention, anything in your notes I
1: think with the, with the pitches like The the third test was was definitely a shocker, but apart from that, don't really have any complaints. And that's, yeah, that's only one test match pitch, which can happen now and again. Because, I mean, the rest of the games, like, although England didn't get big runs, India sort of consistently scored 300 in each test. So, yeah. Apart from that third test pitch, I think everything was alright.
2: Yeah, if Joe Root can take a five for nothing, it's not. (laughs) But the second pitch, which people complained about, I think that was it was a fine pitch. We just didn't apply ourselves. And I don't know why Rohit Sharma got 100, Ravi Ashwin got 100. (laughs) Um, So we can't really blame the pitch for that match, unfortunately.
0: Right, so you're both Chris Silverwoods. You've just, say you've landed back in England following a bizarre decision to put 70,000 people in Ahmedabad. In the, in the same stadium what how have you how do you assess that obviously we lost all three formats but generally was it have we come out of them in a better position moving forward or was that just a complete and utter disaster as a tour as a whole
2: um, I think it depends red and white ball I'd say red ball I don't actually in both of them I don't think we've learnt anything new really um, there was no in the Red Ollie Stone was about the only and Jack Leach were about the only positives in Red Bull cricket that we didn't already know we had mm-hmm. like, we know Joe we know James Anderson we know Ben Stokes we know their class we know Sibley can bat time and equally he can get out cheaply um, but a lot of the others Crawley didn't answer any questions Burns didn't Sibley didn't
0: um, Ollie
2: Pope did.
0: Yeah, Ollie Pope. One thing I don't get why we've just given this this chap number six spot, and it's like he's untouchable. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything to Grant, and, you know he's constantly being picked, and I don't think he's ever been, you know, questioned as to why he's in the in the certainly the top six. He did score a nice hundred in South
2: Africa. Yeah, that against that, a very decent bowling attack. That's yeah, but that's one hundred. He's been in the team a fair while now. He is a young cricketer, and he's got a few starts as well. Um,
1: yeah, I think like compared to the rest of the batting lineup as well, he's he's performed similarly to people like Sibley and Burns, and and the way he looks at the crease as well is is a big positive. He he looks like a comfortable positive Test match player, and he's he's obviously very young as well.
0: Mm. You uh, almost questioned what George said. He said it was a bit harsh, um, saying that the only you know good thing to come out of the red ball cricket was Leach and Stone. What well uh, he, he
1: said at the end that. I thought it was like a bit harsh from people like Anderson, Root, but then he said at the end, we already already knew they were accomplished there. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
0: And white ball, was that just, you know, go and give it a crack because we yeah, know I we're think a good they, team? Yeah, they were both
1: close series, went yeah. right down to the wire. So, nothing yeah. Like be, yeah, happy with our performance. And
2: Morgan never changed his side as well. Um, so we never got to look at any of the fringe players, apart from Tom Curran. Um which in a World Cup, if Joffre actually gets injured, who is replacing him in the side? Um, if one of our batsmen get injured, who's going to come in? And that's when the Alex Hales question may they may have to do something about, is if something happens just before the World Cup, he's the only one not in the team who really has any great international experience and experience of playing in India as
0: well. And mm. just finally can see the time is slowly ticking down on us. Um, where do we sit with umpires call? It was quite. Uh, it was a debate with NASA saying on Sky, um, are we for it or against it? Obviously, he says mm. it makes the stumps bigger if you get rid of it because if it's clipping, it's clipping. Um, but I also thought throughout the series, there's a few where you think, how is the same ball a different outcome? That's the one where I think umpires' call is a bit debatable. What, what, or What do you think on umpires' call? Just quickly. Quick. Yeah, it is. It is
1: a tough one. I mean, as you said, he they, in that in that NASA's tour, he gave a few examples of the exact same ball, pretty much almost hitting the same part of the stumps, having two different decisions given to it. And I guess there's also an argument that the technology is not completely accurate yet, and it is still predicting the path of the ball. So it's all right to leave a little bit of discretion with the umpire. Yeah, I I can't see it being changed um, currently, but yeah, I don't know in the future. I'm sure it might go.
0: Glenn, in one sentence, for against? Uh, for it. I
2: think umpires. Well, reviews were brought in to eliminate the howler. And um, if a decision to umpires call, it's not really a howler. So, uh, oh. I I think it's a decent thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd stick with it for a bit longer as well.
0: Well, I hope you both enjoyed the podcast, obviously both on your debut. So hopefully we'll see you again soon, but I appreciate uh, taking time on a Sunday evening, especially at Easter. So uh, hope you had a good day and uh, see you again soon.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. See you next time.